You know that weird feeling you get when you suddenly lose your phone? You start kind of checking all your pockets and looking around and you even say out loud to people, hey, where's my phone? You have people call your phone, you try to ping your phone. You kind of take a few minutes, you don't just sit back and go, ah, I lost my phone, get a new one. Most of you know, if you lose your phone, you're not getting a new one. And so you do what you can to figure out where's my phone. Well, that's all fine. And matter of fact, yesterday I spent a good amount of time helping my mom find her phone. Um, but have you ever asked the question, where's my God? And I don't think we ask it like that. But I think every Christian at some point or another has asked the question, God, where are you? You know, I think every Christian at some point or another has gotten to the point where we go, you know, I don't feel God anymore. And I was wondering that as I was praying about this and, and considering what I wanted to share with you, because God, it's it's been so many months since we've gathered together in church. And uh, I know for many of you, that was one of your weekly pickups and kind of kept you going and kept you afloat, not just students, but even some of the leaders. Uh, you know, we, we really looked forward to that weekly boost that we would get uh, when just gathering together and worshiping together and praying together and seeking God's face together. But with all the months that have passed, I wonder if at any point during this whole pandemic and quarantine time, have you asked yourself, God, where are you? Uh, you know, I think there's a few different reasons why we might feel that way. I think it's one of the hardest questions to ask because you start to feel like maybe your faith is slipping. Maybe God's not real. There's all these existential questions that start coming up. And let me just preface what I'm about to say by, by just kind of reminding you, there's a few reasons why you might feel that way. Uh, it might be an unchecked heart. There's some stuff that you haven't dealt with and you feel like God isn't talking to you. And part of it is like, he's not, you know, it's, he's waiting for you to address this thing and he's not going to say anything until you address that thing. Um, sometimes it's, uh, our relationship with God and we put it on autopilot and, uh, we're not trying to talk to him. We're not trying to spend time with him. And so it doesn't feel like there's a strong relationship there, but sometimes even in times where we feel like I'm reading my Bible, I'm listening to the sermons, I'm doing everything that I can, I just don't feel God anymore. And that can be really scary because we start to wonder, well, what's wrong? What's wrong with me? What, what am I not doing? Why isn't God talking to me? Why, why don't I feel his presence like I used to? Am I doubting? Am I losing my faith? Like, what's going on? And we start to ask all these frantic questions. And if you've ever felt like that, it's important you understand that you're not alone. As a matter of fact, you even see this in the Bible by one of the people that I don't think most of us would associate that with, a man by the name of King David. King David, who is described as a guy after God's own heart, uh, you know, who is a Christ-type figure in the Old Testament, meaning, you know, there's a lot of um, similarities that we see in David as a character, as a person. And even he felt this way. If you look at Psalm chapter 13, verse 1 through 6, this is what I want to zone in on today. Psalm 13, verse 1 through 6. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day, have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. 
My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. See, that that first part of the psalm, he's asking very honest, genuine questions. God, how long are you going to ignore me? How long are you not going to talk to me? I just feel like, like you're not there, like you don't care anymore. And I know we've asked that how long question. How long are things going to be this way? How long... Uh, are we going to have this virus? How long are fires going to go out in the West Coast? How long are we going to have this before, God, you start to do something? And it's it's a very simple question and a very honest question. But I love that David, as he's processing his emotions, as he's working through these questions, and this is an important thing because I think sometimes, especially if you grew up in church, you feel like it's wrong to ask these questions, that somehow, uh, you know, you're not having enough faith when you ask these questions. But I think David is asking because he's working out his faith. He's trying to understand. And if you notice towards the end of this, he does come to an understanding. Let me read that again. But I trust in your unfailing love, right? He recognized what's going on, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises for he has been good to me. Let's break that down and and just kind of focus in on it. The first thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to understand the word perception because perception is not always reality. Perception is not always reality. And this is something David was beginning to figure out, right? He's he's asking these questions, God, how long are you going to withhold from me? How long are you going to be that way? How much have you forgotten me? He's asking all these questions and uh, we have strong feelings, and, and here's the problem. Your feelings are powerful, and your feelings can oftentimes create your reality. David felt that God had forgotten him, and so in a sense, to David, God did forget him, and that was true to David, but only according to his feelings, not necessarily according to the fact. Did God suddenly disappear? Was God no longer Uh, present in David's life. That's not true. David just felt that way. And so what I love about the Psalms is it validates your emotions. Hey, listen, I get that you feel that way, but it also doesn't say that your emotions are necessarily fact. Because here's the fact, Isaiah 49, verse 14 through 16. Yet Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Listen, I I get that you feel maybe like God's not there or, or maybe you're not experiencing that same emotion or feeling when you did uh, in the last time you were close to God. But what God is trying to remind you is, listen, just because you feel that way doesn't mean it's true. There's this uh, medical phenomena known as phantom limb syndrome, which I've always been fascinated by. And what that is, is oftentimes amputees who are people who have had to cut off a part of their leg, you know, maybe from the knee down or a part of their arm, they've had to amputate a limb uh, they have recorded, and this is, you know, thousands of people have, have mentioned this, that even after the limb is gone, there are times where they feel genuine pain 
in that part. So let's just say the person's right leg was amputated and they start complaining about sharp pains in their foot or a tickling on their knee. Things that are no longer physically there, yet they are very, in a very real way, feeling like they're still there and feeling pain and even, you know, ticklishness in an area that's no longer there. Their brain perceives that and then makes that into a reality. But the fact is, the leg's not there anymore. There are a lot of things, not just feeling like God's there or not there, but just irrational fears, things that you struggle with, things that you deal with, things that you allow your mind to get ahead of you with that are true according to your feelings, but not necessarily according to fact. And feelings aren't fact. And so when you start to feel that way, it's important to go back to God's word and be reminded of God's truth. To not allow our brains, and our brains can always go to the worst case scenarios. We can always come up with the most, you know, disgusting thing. Like, your friend can forget to text you one day, and suddenly you're thinking, she hates me. You know, she's talking about me. She's trying to get everybody against me. It's like, dude, chill. Like, her phone died, and she just never got a chance to text you back. But again, that's our minds, right? Our minds, especially if we're struggling, especially if we're going through a time of insecurity and doubt, they can go into some really dark places and that can become your reality, but don't allow it to. Let God's truth be real and everything else a lie. Be careful with allowing emotions to dictate your reality. The second thing I noticed there is that desperate times call for desperate prayers. Desperate times calls for desperate prayers. The most powerful prayers I've ever had in my life came from moments of desperation. Moments where I just needed God. Listen, Psalm 42 verse 1 through 4 as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy, praise among the festive throng. I love uh, the wording and the poetry behind this. But listen, there are times where we, we struggle with this emotion and we struggle with wondering what's going to happen. And and here's what I've discovered. We don't even ask the question, God, where are you? Until we're in a desperate position where we realize that we feel like God's not there. I mean, it, it, follow me on this for a second, right? Sometimes you don't notice you lost your phone until you're trying to look for your phone, right? In other words... Until I wanted to use my phone, I didn't notice I didn't have it. I might have not had it for the last 20 minutes. But maybe I was watching TV, maybe I was eating or doing something else. And the second that I go to get my phone is when I realize I don't have it. Some of you, you haven't asked the question, God, where are you? Because you're not looking for him yet. You don't feel like you need him in anything. Like you're coasting, you're doing well, you're kind of going through the day-to-day -day grind. But wait until something happens that's outside of your control. When a loved one gets sick. When suddenly there's a financial crisis going on in your home, when uh, your own personal relationships are spiraling and you're starting to doubt. When there's the moment where you need God, that's when you start to look around and you realize, I don't know where God is. And that can be a very scary time. But in that desperation, don't freak out. Pray. Go into that prayer closet. Go into that time alone and seek his face. The Bible is clear that when you seek him, you will find him. 
We don't appreciate the value of something until we desperately need it. Uh, take water, for example. Water is incredibly uh, available for us where where you live here in, in Chicago or in any you know major metropolitan area. Uh, water is just readily available. You can go anywhere and get drinking water. You can go to the store. You can get it off a tap. Drinking water is available, and it's you know for the most part, even if you want to just order a cup at McDonald's, you can get it for free. But have you ever been in a situation where you had no access to water? You know, one of the things we we're raising money for with missions this year was water wells for people in parts of the world who have to travel for two to five miles just to get water. Why would somebody walk two to five miles? Because they're desperate. Even dirty, filthy water is better than no water. That's desperation. When you realize how desperately you need something. But there are some of us, we go all day without drinking water just because we forget. Because we're not desperate for it because it's just always there. Maybe sometimes the reason you don't feel like God's there is because you're not desperate for him. You don't have that desperation that goes and searches for his face and wants to have relationship and wants to be close to him. You're just kind of going with it. And in those moments where desperation is created is when you realize, I don't know where God is anymore. And that, my friends, can be a scary thing to happen. And that's why I think sometimes God allows these moments or creates these moments to wake you up and to say, listen, you're not where you need to be. Your heart is far from me. Come search for me. I think part of that is why he says, seek me and you will find me. Right? Like he's putting the onus on you. It's your responsibility to seek God. It's not like God's playing this cosmic hide and seek. It's just you're getting used to not being around him anymore. And God is saying, no, 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 wake up and look for me. I'm ready to be with you, but I need you to have that kind of longing to want to be with me. And the third thing is David kind of, as he was going through this, uh, understanding, asking these questions, the last thing he said is, and I will worship you. Worship despite how you feel or think. This is an important aspect that each of us needs to challenge because oftentimes worship comes in a response to being in a good place. Uh, our emotions often dictate our life of worship. And I don't think that's correct because what we tend to do is if we feel happy or if we feel good in our relationship with God, then we worship good. But if we don't feel like that, then we withhold our worship. Uh, David didn't feel good at the beginning of this song. It's not like he was praising God. He, he was frustrated with God. He was angry with God. He was wondering if God was even there anymore. Who would worship that? He's anxious. He's desperate. He's frustrated. And yet, look closely after he expresses all that. He uses a very specific word, right? Let me go back real quick just to kind of give you an understanding. As he's kind of walking through his situation and he goes, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes rejoice when I fail. And then it says, but. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices. I will sing the Lord's praises. I, I love that he has a but there, right? Because here's the truth. He's acknowledging, hey, what I'm feeling is real. And I'm telling you, what you're going through, your emotions, God validates that. What you're experiencing is very real. And God's not dismissing that. God's not saying you shouldn't feel a certain way. You feel how you feel. But God is still true in what he says too. David gets it, right? He goes, 
yeah, I'm going through this, I'm doing through that, but it means regardless, right? It means despite how I'm feeling, in contradiction to what I'm experiencing, I feel like God's forgotten me, but God uh, has abandoned me, but I feel like God is hiding from me, but I feel like giving up, but, right? Yes, this is how I'm feeling right now, but this is not how I'm going to act going forward. I feel like there's not much to live for, but I know that God has a plan for my life. I feel like this is never going to end, but I know that God has already orchestrated the steps that land before me. I feel like I'm so uncertain about the future, but I know that God knows the end from the beginning. See, you can feel what you feel, and that's okay, but you have to understand God's truth and all that. I feel like fill in the blank, but I will trust in your unfailing love and rejoice in your salvation. Listen, John 4, 24, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Let me break down those two words. Spirit means not because of physical circumstances, but because the spirit is desperate for God, right? We're going to worship in spirit and truth, not in um, physical you know, situation and our feelings. We're going to worship in the spirit. So even though my body might be waning, even though I might be going through a difficult situation, my spirit longs for the spirit of God. And in truth, not because of what my emotions perceive, but I worship because of the truth of God's word because of who he is, because he is still worthy to be worshipped despite what I'm going through. And here's the thing. When you begin to worship God, it begins to change your perspective. You stop focusing on all the negative things and all the things you struggle with and all the things you're scared about. And you start realizing the goodness of God. You start creating an attitude of gratitude. You start to set your mind on things that are higher and better than what we dwell on. God begins to shift your focus. Even though worship is for God, it's, it's our love being expressed through, through song and through words as we just tell God how much he means to us. That process still does a work in you. And it helps us to overcome our perceptions. Now David tells his heart and mind to rejoice. Yes, I feel this way, but this is what we're going to do about it. David goes from asking, how long will God forget him, to remembering God has always been good to him. He goes from doubt and anxiety to joy and confidence in the presence of God. If you notice, David followed a very simple formula. He corrected his perception with God's truth. This is how I feel, but this is what God's word says. Right? He corrected his perception with God's truth. He prayed desperately. And he worshipped even before he got his answer. Even before he felt God again. Most of the time people say, um, I don't feel God anymore. It's not because he moved. It's because you stopped moving. God is, is trying to take you on a journey. God is trying to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And you have a responsibility to keep up. It's not like he's running. But we have to continue to move in our relationship with God. Some of us have stopped moving. You stopped reading your Bible. You stopped praying. You stopped worshiping. 
Some of you did that as soon as Excel ended. Like, yeah, you still watch the services, but you're more of a spectator than a participant. You like what I'm saying and you, you agree with what the Lord is trying to speak to you. But have you taken that into prayer? Have you worshiped God in your own time? And I'm not just saying with music. I'm just saying acknowledging who God is and loving him. Have you prayed desperately? Have you read your Bible on your own? Even if it's just a few verses, because it's, there's this desperation to know God better. But I praise God because he always gives us room to catch up. Even when we've struggled, even when we've lost a little bit of ground. I love that God doesn't just dismiss us. God's not petty like that. God's not just going to look at you and go, well, you know, seven months ago you had your hands lifted up and you were worshiping me and you were crying and you were doing all these things. And now all of a sudden, because you need me, you want to come to me. That's not my God. My God has open arms. He's ready and willing whenever you want to open your eyes and realize that you're desperate for his presence. When you ask that question, God, where are you? God is willing to say, I'm right here. Come and join me. That's why I don't think there was anything wrong with David asking how long and where are you and have you forgotten me? Because when he asked those questions, he eventually got to his answers. And those answers led to a closer and a deeper relationship with God. So maybe you've been having that question. Maybe you've been pondering and wondering and from time to time even just questioning your own faith. That's not bad. As long as it leads to the right answers. And I want to pray right now that God will lead you to those answers. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that you give us room to figure these things out. You don't expect us to understand things the way you understand them. You don't expect us to do things 100% the right way all the time. You know that we are fallen and broken creatures. That if by the grace of God, there's not much we can do on our own. But we thank you for that grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your patience that allows us to just figure these things out. And Lord, I pray for those who are watching right now who have been struggling with that question, asking God, where are you? Who've been uh, battling with their doubts, who've been going back and forth, and some who maybe have just already accepted that it is what it is. God, I pray that they would open their eyes and be drawn to you. Lord, that they would seek you with all their heart and that they would find you. Lord, I pray that you would make your presence known to them, that as we went through this message, your word would remind them of your truth. You would answer them in their prayers so that they can worship you once again. God, I pray that they would have a deeper relationship with you and that they would figure out exactly where you are and that they would be there too. We thank you for this all, and we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Love you guys. Hope to see you soon. Be on the lookout for some announcements. We got some things coming up. God bless you. We'll see you later.